It's the last weekend without football, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a very mousy Michael Jones, who has convinced himself that MSU is going to the college football playoff. So he'll attempt to justify that. Then we'll preview special teams, Rutger, talk some basketball, and take your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, and uh, happy Trouble the Snap anniversary week to everyone. This is the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. Of course, I am Mike Jones, joined by my co-host, who never has trouble with the snap, Kevin Greck. Greckers, how's your week, buddy? How you doing? 100% on the snap right now, Michael Jones. 100%. He knows all he needs to do is put his foot on the ball, and everything's fine, and he can do that. That's yeah, fine. Happy anniversary. Happy man. anniversary indeed. How many how many woe spontaneous woes did you participate in on Twitter this week? I think spontaneous this week, zero. I mean, they were all definitely mm-hmm. queued up. But um you know, the week before, one maybe. There was a there was a thing going around about like what what call gave you goosebumps, you know, what sports call? And so some people had you know, trouble to snap, obviously. So, you know, obvi. Um, thank you, of course, folks, for giving us a listen. If we could ask, you know, football season's ramping up. If you wouldn't mind, share the podcast with some Spartans in your life. Uh, give us a follow on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, sports now. <laughs> it is so good. It's great. Um, great timing. Uh, so, Greg, let's, we're going to break this down for the folks. Uh, tell them what they can expect out of the show. It, new right. format. New format for the first time since March. It's great. What's the new? Okay. I'm going to go down the list, and I look forward to discovering the new fo- uh, format. New since because March? first, we've got the green Oh, because we got both football and basketball? Nope. What are you talking We've about? We've got a game to preview, buddy. Ah, I see what he's saying. Greenwald, football, new recruit, basketball, then off Grand River, Nick Saban's back again, baby. Dan Mullen. Not so back. Is mullening (laughs) all over the place. I was in a bit of a lawsuit situation. Then we go to uh, the game preview. This is the big change. Welcome back. Game preview, the Rutger. It was nice of them, not just to give this game to the football team, but to us, you don't have to work that hard on the Rutgers preview as I, as I proved out when I wrote the Rutgers preview. And then of course we take your Twitter questions. So it's going to be a good, uh, good episode. Good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. Let's head behind the green wall, Greg, where we are going to start, uh, with, uh, First excitement that we're going to be able to talk about a real game next week. I mean, yeah, does that feel real to you yet? Well, it still could become not real. <laughs> Do keep that in mind. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Uh, I'm going to charge forward with some optimism, though. Uh, I will believe it when the teams are on the field and it kicks off. That's when I'll believe that football is back. Sure. All right. That's fine. Would it be a buzzkill? Okay. Um but we promised last week uh, that we would be previewing special teams. 
Uh, and as much as we would continue to uh, talk about punters playing tight end, we're going to fulfill our promise and uh, start with our preview. Greg, what do we know about kickers for next? Coglins! <laughs> we know Matt Coglin is king, baby. That's what we know. Is he? Is he? Yeah, don't look at the numbers on that. <laughs> so uh, Matt Coglin last year went 22 for 32, which really isn't terrible, but he missed some big kicks. Um, he's likely the start starter, but we have a highly touted freshman, Jack Olson, coming in behind him. Some might say that Jack Olson is a guy, maybe even a dude. Uh, hmm. He holds the Illinois record for most field goals in a game at eight in a one game. Uh, one was even from 48 yards away. He also holds the record for most field goals made in a season. Uh, he was considered the number 15 kicker and number 25 punter, according to Cole's camp uh, in the, in the country last year. And he received, huh. received a five-star grade in both categories from the same camp. Uh, while there's plenty of reasons to be excited about Olsen, it's likely he's going to take a red shirt this year well, actually, everyone gets a red shirt this year, so he's definitely taking a red shirt. Um, Congrats. <laughs> but uh, by all accounts, um, as much as we, I think, were frustrated by Matt Coughlin last year, uh, he had many a time where the the line play wasn't particularly great, and he had people barreling at his face um, that shouldn't have been. So uh, assuming you know blocking gets coached up, you know, Matty C, his sophomore campaign was not too shabby. Uh, hopefully we see a return to form as a senior. Um, Here's why I think it's going to be Matt Coughlin. Sure. Jack Olson is 5'9", 180. Matt Coughlin is 5'9", 195 on the depth chart. I mean, he that's it. It's over. It, it's all in that last 15 pounds. Freshman 15. Year, uh, yeah. Oh, I would, we didn't account for no. that on the depth chart. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. They could be literally the same guy by the time they hit the field. <laughs> uh, so, Greg, uh, you know, let's talk about Mark D'Antonio's favorite position, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of that. Like, I would think that MSU would be able to attract the greatest punter in the world. With all of the, <laughs> I mean, indeed, we've had great punters at MSU. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but it is a changing of the guard this year. Who do we expect is going to be punting for us this year? Uh, is it going to be the UTEP guy? Is that the idea? Yeah, the Australian UTEP grad grand transfer. Yeah, what do we know about him? I just said that he's Australian and that he's a UTEP grad transfer. Is there anything that anyone could reasonably expect? Oh, man, I'm going to have to really carry this segment. Okay. Greg's had a busy week at work and has decided to not even read the words on the screen. So uh, his name is Mitchell Crawford. Uh, He is indeed an Aussie and a UTEP grad transfer. Uh, At UTEP in 2019, he punted 61 times, averaging 39.6 yards. Not shabby. Uh, two touchbacks, 13 fair, fair catches, 13 punts landing within the 20-yard line, and he boomed nine punts for over 50 yards, um, including a season-long 61 yards. Uh, dude has a bit of a leg. Um, 
and uh, sounds like a nice little pickup on the on the transfer uh, portal. Yeah, so you you listed all of this. Let me ask on behalf of the audience: Are these good measurables for a punter? Do you even know? Yes, they are. That's why I said reasons to be amped. Because they're who told you this? Did you go to punter camp this year and they were like, hey, if a guy's got 13 fair catches, 13 landings within the 20 yard line, boom, nine punts for 50 yards, get amped. Uh, that Aussie bring it. You know what I did? I did I did some basic math. Um, mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, I'm going to do some right now. Um, but, you know, percentage wise, it felt like there was a decent number that, you know, percentage wise that we're, we're pinning within the 20. Um, you know, at 61 yards, he can flip the field. That's a thing that he can do for his long. No, his actually his previous long is 66. Um, he did that in 2018, but I didn't feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't think people were coming here for punting stats. I just threw some out there. I thought we would move along. And instead of you reading a return game then, because people do care about that. And it's (laughs) in the way that kicking has not been a has been a strength of the team return game since Keyshawn Martin has been wanted. Yeah, shall we say? So we got some options back here. I'm gonna I'm gonna read some names off, and then you tell me what you're really excited about. Okay. So, uh, Jalen Naylor, Speedy Naylor, yep. who I believe still holds a uh, a track record for the state of uh, Nevada. Um, is back and hopefully will be playing at least a game for us this year. Um, That'd be nice. Jaden Reed, who some may remember is the transfer from Western Michigan who sat out last year. He did kick returns for Western Michigan. Seemed to be pretty decent at them. Uh, We've got Anthony Williams Jr., a running back who speedy, shifty guy, got good hands. And then we have a true freshman, which hear me out. Uh, Angelo gross did some special teams work in high school, real shifty guy, a guy that, uh, Harlan Barnett described as a football player. And yeah, Barnett was big on this guy. Yes. And said, I was hoping you, you guys, you guys being the media can't read, can't write was not invited. Unfortunately, uh, we were, we just declined (laughs) respectfully, respectfully. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Harlan, uh, said, I, I, I was hoping you guys wouldn't ask me about him. I was trying to keep him under the radar. Um, so we got four options, Greg. What do you think? He was recruited as a cornerback. And I think we all know that if you can trust one position group for Mark D'Antonio and his staff to, uh, to recruit, it's going to be the defensive backs group. So, uh, if, Harlan Barnett's excited about it, and I believe he was fairly well regarded out of Ohio. Yeah, he one of their better quarterback options. He took a late uh, surge in his recruitment in terms of the rankings. Ended up being either Mister Ohio or second runner up in, as Mister Ohio. Um, probably shouldn't have been just a three star, but was, and so it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, we've we I think we've already seen Jalen Naylor take a few, and I think he offed a couple, right? Didn't he? On kick returns, we ended up with Brandon Howard. So who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I I have a feeling that this new coaching staff is going to take a different approach to this. I think they're going to take a more dynamic approach. They're going to 
I mean, I, I think Mark D'Antonio was like, just catch the ball 100% of the time. I don't care what happens other than that. Right. And I, I bet this this staff is going to decide to do something else, go in another direction. So we'll see if this becomes a point of emphasis for the staff. I mean, at the very least, the coaching can't get any worse for spe- uh, special teams. <laughs> Hey. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh we'll see I, i'm gonna go with if i if i were a bet man i'm gonna go with jalen naylor in this role presuming that he gets to continue to play throughout the season sure uh, my guess is Jaden reed only because he's done it successfully at a division one program um usually you don't put a starting wide receiver in that jalen naylor is going to be a starting wide receiver yeah okay that's true. Um, you know what? I prefer that we have these discussions off air. Okay. <laughs> so, so Greg's firmly on Angelo Gross. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. I, I think it's worth at least saying that there are options back there that are dynamic, yeah. and that that mm-hmm. is a real change of pace. It is something to if you're looking at bright spots, that's one, right? Poor Sowards. Sowards just took his earbuds out and just like put his phone down and just walked away. <laughs> Brandon, we're sorry, man. Speak truth to power. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Prove us wrong. Oh, wait. Your eight years of eligibility are out. Okay. Uh, let's move on to new eligibility, though. We have a new recruit. And, Greg, sometimes there's a man. I don't want to say a hero because what's a hero? Sometimes there's a man, and I'm talking about a dude here. Sometimes there's a man, and well, he's just the man for his time and place, and he fits right in. That's AJ Kirk coming to East Lansing, baby. Come on, help me out here. Is did you write that? Is that like your attempt at poetry? <laughs> That's from the Big Lebowski. Uh, there's so uh, AJ Kirk is a recent commit to Michigan State. His brother. Last name also Kirk uh, went to Ohio State, so this is kind yeah. of an interesting flip. He's from the Columbus yep. area. Um, there's not a ton of information on AJ. It, it genuinely, uh, and indeed the 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 uh, the GIF went out from the staff indicating that there was a new commit, and collectively, I think MSU Twitter had a meltdown because there wasn't a follow up from a tweet uh, by a recruit. I think AJ maybe started an Instagram just for this moment. Um, but his offer. Li- I'm proud of you. AJ. Yeah. Not being on, uh, on the gram already. Yeah. Uh, but his offer list is big, impressive. So, uh, Greg, start me off with some of the also rands who are a bit pesky from his offer list. Well, we- when we talk about recruiting, we talk a lot about peer groups. So this, the group that you're talking about here, like the Minnesotas, the Pitts, the Kentuckys, the Cincy's, the Arizona States, the West Virginia's, the Indiana's kind of um, that recruiting group that MSU has sort of found itself in for the last couple of seasons. Yep. But he's got some bigger offers too. Yeah, he's got, uh, he's got some people from a group that we'll describe as lands big talent never does anything with it. Um, and that would include offers from Michigan and Nebraska. But Greg, it gets better. There's some offers from the Dude Club. I like how you didn't include Notre Dame or 
Notre Dame is Notre Dame has been to a college football playoff. That's true. That's true. And as we've said, it doesn't matter what happens in the college football playoff. All that matters is that you've already been there. That's the most important thing. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, so the dude club. Uh, who who else has he gotten offers from that we would put in the dude club? You're just like queuing me up to read stuff now. Penn State, Notre Dame, Florida, and Ohio State. Of these, I would say that one is a true dude, and the others are dude adjacent. <laughs> and, I mean, this is being generous to Penn State. They do have a Big Ten championship in, in the last five years, so that's that is a thing. Good for them. You know, Florida. I mean, Nebraska notably has a Big Ten championship. Oh no, they went to the Big Ten championship game. Um, yes. I mean, every team of note has already been to the Big Ten championship game. We can't count that anymore. All of the important teams have already been through the Big Ten championship game. There are only so many teams that can have already won it twice. Um, anyway, I'm not going to debate the merits of these. Good for AJ Kirk, mostly for not having a gram already. And then second for for joining the team. We're excited to have him. Yes, we are. Uh, so in terms of things to look for with AJ, uh, he's currently ranked as a relatively high, high three star. Uh, it wouldn't be shocking to see him end up be a four star. He's six foot, 200 pounds. He's listed as a safety. Um, it's likely that he ends up playing that the hybrid safety linebacker role that we've talked about Mel Tucker enjoying employing at, at other schemes. Um, so, you know, uh, to your point. Great. Uh, Greg, we have one last piece of, <laughs> of football news and that is D'Antonio related. Yeah. He uh, announced this week that, uh, he's on indefinite furlough for his retirement gig in the athletic department. Uh, of course this was announced. This was part of his contract. This was part of the, the terms of his one year always rolling contract is that after his, uh, his uh time as coach was up and he chose to retire he always had a role in the athletic department working with the student athletes which you know uh he has an education degree it's what he would have gone and 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 done so that makes perfect sense and also in uh alumni relations in the athletic department which i assume means fund showing up for fundraisers (laughs) Um, yes and getting paid to do it you know it he was, we may, we talk a lot about his bonus and how he left the organization, but for years, I, he was relative to the market and underpaid, an underpaid coach. So this was part of the, that deal, um, but he's staying in Florida right now or hanging out with the grandkids or doing whatever he's doing at the moment. Or, or um, both of those things at the same time. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, but he'll be back. We'll have him around. I, I don't think we've seen the re- the last of Mark D'Antonio here on campus. Yeah, he'll at some point in time be in one of the boxes for sure uh, watching a football game. So, um, but either way, I mean, I look, it, I don't think this is a surprise that D'Antonio said, yeah, I'm good on money. Like, I'll, I'll do the right thing for the for the university. And as much as I, I think that was my take on it was that. It. it it seemed it, maybe there was a bit of acrimony surrounding his his leaving so suddenly. Yeah. And um, 
and maybe there was a bit of a flash in the pan. We, it, you know, we'll probably find out someday. But uh, for at least this, uh, he seems to have um, done the thing that wouldn't be surprising to any of us, which is what can I do to help out the university? So, yeah, I, you know, you could also probably say he looked at what his job would be, which would be sitting in Zoom calls all day. And said, maybe I'll just be rich instead of this. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, so, Greg, uh, let's let's move to basketball uh, for a moment. And I, before we <laughs> fully dive in on, you know, because Izzo had a presser this week. Um, yeah. But it's October 18th when we're recording this. Yes. We are. Mark the time. Five weeks away. This is crazy. We are five. Not usually how this works. Yeah. We are five weeks away from basketball starting. Right. There's a lot of sports that are going to be happening at the same time. Yeah. We're going to go. It'll be just like when all the sports came back during COVID. (laughs) All the MSU sports are coming back at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to do a, a season preview for basketball. Uh, at some point, I don't know, cause I I'm still high on the fact that, that football is coming back, that it's, it basketball feels so distant. Cause in my mind, sort of the internal clock that I'm, I'm historically working with, we have a lot of time until basketball is coming, not five mm-hmm. weeks, right? Like, so anyway, anyway, right. what, what it is, I say, uh, I believe the big takeaway from it was there are two etched in stone starters. Right. Sure. And they are Aaron Henry, yep. not a huge surprise. And Joey Hauser, right? He said Hauser? Yes. Uh, Henry and Hauser, which, I mean, if if you'd forced me to lock in starters, I probably would have added Rocket to that list. Yeah. I mean, like, that, I mean, so that's the bigger surprise to me is Rocket wasn't on that list. Izzo loves Izzo in the preseason and the the (laughs) comments that he makes to the media. It's like, what guys do I need to boost their, uh, their confidence overall? And what guys do I need to challenge? Like that's basically how this works. Uh, unless, you know, maybe like a guy like Hauser or a guy like Henry are past that and they don't need, the boost but really what this is is it's a explicit challenge to rocket of like are you gonna take this role yeah that's how i view yeah but it's also worth mentioning that you know uh foster is a captain Mm -hmm. and Izzo did say i need to take a chill pill on foster and i think a lot of the speculation that's come out now is that imagine um Imagine you run a little bit smaller, right? You have a you have a small ball lineup out there, so you have. I thought you were talking about ourselves, no. and I was like, I don't know how to imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a child. No, no, no. So imagine you have Rocket, Henry, mm-hmm. and uh, Langford all on the floor, mm-hmm. and Henry in that scenario. It, it, and and you also have Foster on the floor at the same time. Okay. You're running real this small. Sound, this doesn't sound like a lineup that I would put on the floor. Fine. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I misspoke. That's true. My, my point being is that it, you can have Rocket and Foster on the floor at the same time. You could have Rocket 
or I'm sorry, you could have Foster and uh, and Henry on the floor running the sort of the one and two. Yeah. And if you or uh, Foster and, and Langford and Henry, you have enough perimeter defense that in the same way that last year, Michigan State was hiding Cassius Winston for a lot of the defense. I mean, let's be honest. You think they don't have to hide Foster Lawyer in this no, hypothetical scenario? No, no, no. I'm saying up? they can hide him. Gotcha. I'm saying they have enough perimeter defense they can hide him, and they have enough switchability that they can hide him. And so, I almost guarantee you that Lawyer, Rocket, and Henry were all on the floor at the same time several times last season. That is a lineup that I can absolutely picture all right fine either way it sounds like you're on the firmly don't believe that point guard will be by committee because he also did talk about aj hogard seeing minutes um which i'm sure he will see some yeah no i think it will i think it will be be by committee because rocket is going to become a point guard because it it it's what he probably has to do to to go to the NBA and also, and also because it's a need for the team. And, but the fact of the matter is he is a much better shooter off the ball and he's much more comfortable off the ball. So it would not surprise me at all to see rocket on the floor in the two spot with, with lawyer or you know, Hoggard, Hogard, Hogard, it's Hogard, yep. right? We determine Hogard, uh, running the point. It's definitely going to happen at some, sometimes or it could be like a, like a combo type situation. It could be not at all clear who's actually the point guard in whatever situation. I, I think either way coming out of this press conference, what I realized is that we, we need to do our own sort of thinking and research on this. Because Izzo's not going to give us anything meaningful other than a lot of coach talk on, to your point, who do I need to motivate? Uh, who's safe? You know, he feels like um, he's playing his own game as Survivor with his lineup. Uh, I am a bit worried, though. You know, Izzo likes to tinker quite a bit with his lineup. I don't know if he's going to have enough time to do the tinkering he needs to. I'm not worried about No? That. All right. All right. Every year, the fan base is like, why does this lineup get rolled out there? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? It's all experiments to see what works. As long as you get in the tournament, that's what's important. Yeah. And then from there, that's when you tighten things oh, up. Oh, I'm with you on the the tinkering. I'm, I know what he's doing. I'm just saying I don't know if he has enough time to tinker. That's my concern. Gotcha. But gotcha. either way, it it's weird to also start getting pretty psyched for basketball when we it would be nice to have like last year's team back for an abbreviated season like this not just because last year's team was so good but also because you basically knew what you were getting for last year's yeah. team going into this so yeah, remember, like <laughs> remember when we were all fretting about uh who was going to start at the four and then then landed on kithier uh, yeah, that was that was, that was probably our coldest take ever not cold, but just worst take ever. Kith here. All right. Uh, you got anything else to say about basketball? No, I'm excited for it. Yes. Uh, I think we, we maybe deep down really love our hoops here on this podcast. Yeah, deep down we're hiding it. No, I just like I, just, I go back and forth on which on which sport I like more. And I'm like, maybe I really do love the hoops. 
Um, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about our first sponsor. Uh, Greg, I normally read these. Come on, baby. Give it to me. Who's our first sponsor? Well, uh, maybe it makes sense because, you know, we're, we're closing this week on the refi. What? It's happened. We're through the process here. So let me just give a shout out to my man, Brandon Sands. Because, you know, mortgage rates are very near historical lows. Not anymore at historical lows. You missed that. But there's still time because they are exceptionally low, you guys. And if you happen to be in the market to either buy a home or you've got a home already and that interest rate is like three point something high or 4%, get yourself a new mortgage loan originator. Get yourself Brandon Sands, okay? Dude has closed over 10,000 and as of this week, one loan (laughs) and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon, uh, as he did with me, sets himself apart with a consultative approach and, uh, you know, he, he really like makes you feel comfortable. He goes through everything, you know, you bong a beer afterwards, you shotgun one. It's fantastic. (laughs) So Brandon helped me save money. He can help you save money hundreds, sometimes even thousands a year by consolidating high interest debts and refinancing your home. So reach out to him. Uh, at rate.com slash Brandon Sands. That's rate.com slash Brandon Sands. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. And uh, he'll take care of you, as he did with me. Great. Love that. Uh, let's head off Grand River, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk Let's talk a little COVID. And it feels yeah. weird chatting a little COVID without without our covid guy. without our covid without guy our little covid boy but uh you know as regular listeners of the pod know we have a public health expert that regularly joins us he has not uh joined us this time uh it, he's got some other obligations but we did check in with him because there have been some notable covids coviding if you will uh around the country so i think the first notable coviding that happened was nick saban um yeah sent you guys the link said uh oh Saban's got it Saban and the athletic director for Alabama had covid and it was sort of a all right not surprising because it's Alabama but surprising because it's Nick Saban and he strikes me as somebody who is not one to take this lightly would you agree surprised because I didn't know robots could get covid I didn't know that it had jumped to androids sure <laughs> Uh, so that happens. And then meanwhile, I believe, meanwhile, we find out Dan Mullen, head coach of the University of Florida, who had most recently got notoriety for wanting to pack their stadium with 90,000 fans in the middle of a pandemic. That Dan Mullen also gets COVID. There is a God before he gets the COVID. He talks about how important it is to just pack the stadium with fans. And then he gets the COVID. It's like, yeah, we're not a political podcast, (laughs) but there is a hint of irony when the president of the United States routinely downplayed the threat of COVID-19 and then had to go to the hospital for it. Quite in the same way. Our friend here, Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But then the Android says I'm fine. So yeah, robots don't get sick. After yeah. All. So a uh, long story short, I'm not going to I'm not going to roll through the entirety of the the testing protocol 
but it sounded robust to the point that uh, our, our dear friend Alex Plum, uh, you know, public health professional, didn't bat an eye at the stats that he was being given, such that there wasn't a conspiracy that Saban had faked this somehow. Yeah, uh, false positives do happen. I think they happened to uh, Matt Stafford as well, didn't they? Uh, maybe. I believe you. Uh, I I believe that happened. Um, he had to go into lockdown very early in the process, and it turned out to be a false positive. So, it, I mean, like... Apparently very rare, like our, but they do happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and then... You were telling me as we, right before we started recording that Purdue may be going through a bit of a COVID lapse. Looks like Jeff Brom's got it. The cover. That's after uh, their men's basketball team was not able to start practicing on time because of COVID related concerns. So uh, I guess this has been your latest installment of COVID watch. Uh, we're here to keep you abreast of all things COVID related. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so what this means is that uh, Jeff Brom is in all likelihood not coaching the first uh, game of the season for Purdue. Um, And if you're not in the stadium, you can't participate. So uh, they're going to have to have, you know, some kind of, you know, auxiliary coach and uh, get used to it. This is going to happen a lot. Indeed. So let's head to one serious topic. Not that COVID's not, obviously it is, uh, but it it just feels so regular that it's just sort of the monotony of life. Uh, But something that is sadly probably the monotony of life for all too many before we head to a frivolous topic. So eight black former University of Iowa players are seeking $20 million in compensation and for the athletic director, head coach of their football team, Kirk Ferentz, and the assistant coach, Brian Ferentz, to be fired for what they contend is racial discrimination during their Hawkeye careers. Um, mm-hmm. That $20 million demand, along with some others, that I will just say, for instance, the creation of a permanent black male senior administration position in the Iowa Athletics Department. I, I empathize with their their seeking of, of whatever legal recourse they want. That that request in particular, I'm just going to zero in on that one. That's illegal. You, you can't, you cannot create, you can't, you can't do that. You can't make a, a, an employment position available only to some people of one race. Um, we did that before. There's a reason we don't any longer. Um, but they, I don't know, Greg, is this an extension of sort of what we maybe should have been expecting all along, which is that there would there would be the seeking of legal recourse for for some of these allegations? I I'm kind of surprised by this. Uh, Well, I'm not surprised by it, but is there much of a precedent for this? Like, are we aware of other former student athletes that have gone back? and threatened this kind of legal action against their former universities. Can you think of another case? Uh, so yeah, it, it's an interesting question. I, I can't think of another case. I mean, they're seeking, um, 
it appears to be. I've not. There's no complaint to read, so I, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious how the. Well, it's not official yet, right. right? This is a threat right now. Yeah, it's a demand. Yes, um, it's a demand. Threat threat makes it sound like it's blackmail. Um, but so the interesting question will be: Do they pursue some sort of? And I don't know how they would, to be frank. Uh, it, some relief under a a statute protecting people on the basis of race, because those largely have to do with either employment opportunities of which they're not employees. Um, God, that's an actually fascinating question or fascinating argument for, for student athletes to receive employment protections. But, well, we kept hearing that right about these types of, uh, these types of lawsuits that if they went through, they could potentially make EEOC claims. Yeah. Yes. They could set precedent that then the NCAA or other universities could use, as proof that these student athletes are not employees because if they, you know, if they tried to, is that how it works? Like I'm, I'm trying to make a law argument to the lawyer, the recovering lawyer on the podcast, but my understanding was you could then cite something like this as precedent uh, for why I should stop. Yeah. No, you're, you're essentially saying that if someone's able to, if I understand what you're, sort of hinting at here is that if someone unpack it if if someone makes a claim under an employment statute protecting someone mm-hmm. on the basis of race that then you could and was successful in that claim that then you would be able to say well we're employees then right or was what if they were unsuccessful in that claim could you similarly then in the future make the argument that just as this oh, sure. other lawsuit would dismiss Oh, is, is, so would, no. So what you would say is, so the, if you got through, whether the claim was successful or not, if you got through to a jury on an employment based claim, and let's say you lost, you still have a claim in which you successfully litigated as an employee. Mm. Um, and so you would be able to make other claims on the basis of it. Uh, but that's, you know, the, the not to sort of get sidetracked the other pieces there there are protections for students it's not specific to student athletes um you know statutory protections for them on the basis of their race um almost certainly the NCAA has made commitments uh to an an inclusive welcoming and non-discriminatory environment um that they would be able to make some claims under. But the other piece is a, a different path, which again, without a complaint, I want to be very clear that I'm not suggesting they are making these claims, but there are a couple lawsuits you could bring for an intentional infliction of emotional distress or a negligent infliction of emotional distress um, I don't know Iowa state laws. I wouldn't pretend to know them. I don't even know if you can make those claims under their state laws. I am almost certain that I will have a very dear friend who's a Hawkeye fan text me about these laws. But based upon yeah, their... De- I was going to say, are you just trying to show what a lawyer you can be to the other... The other lawyer who went I, to Iowa who's... 
lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, they do say, quote, to ensure they are rightfully compensated for their emotional, mental, and bodily damages. Um, and so that piece of, of a potential claim is a little bit fascinating. I, I think from a an ethical standpoint, we've talked plenty about Iowa and the reckoning they're going through. I do think we, we had some, I, I don't think overly glowing, but some praise for Kirk Ferentz, right? And that he mm-hmm. seemed to have genuinely done his best mea culpa and and reached out to the community of Iowa Hawkeye football athletes and said, can I be part of the solution or am I just too much of the problem? And seemed to have gotten enough feedback that he can be part of the solution. So fortunately for him, he gets to keep his job. Yeah. <laughs> so where did we end up with the strength and condition? He got fired. He did. I know that he went on leave, but I yeah, I think he's, um, I think he's seeking probably suing the university. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's how this works. I would say I don't, <laughs> I don't love, um, the response from the university of Iowa's president, uh, who it was, blunt. yeah, who it was not <laughs> difficult to understand who said, quote, we appreciate some former athletes sharing insights on their experience while at the university of Iowa, which just real quick. That's not what they're doing. <laughs> Many of their concerns have been reviewed and addressed. And to be clear, any student athlete that, that has left the university and did not obtain their degree is welcome to return. And we are here to support them, which is to say, we'll give you some credits to make you go away. I, mm-hmm. it not great. Honestly, not great. Like, it, could have spent some more time on the, we appreciate you sharing your concerns. Right? I'm not wrong there. Yeah. So um, anyway, this is a story to track, story to watch. Um, and we'll transition from that to a bit more of a lighthearted uh, note, which is just that, you know, we don't talk um, much pro sports here, Kevin. Right. Yeah. No, but that's by design. <laughs> indeed. Uh, but I do want to just call out Aaron Rodgers right now. And this isn't about fantasy football. This is about his celebration. Are you familiar? No. Are you familiar with Key and Peele? Yes. Are you familiar with the Hingle McCringleberry sketch? Wherein uh, a player does a hip thrust in the end zone three times and eventually gets kicked out of the football game. Uh, okay. And the ref ends up getting <laughs> very crotch adjacent <laughs> to see, to find out if there is a third thrust. Um, anyway, cause it's all in the third thrust, right? Aaron Rodgers essentially reenacted with a player that sketch. And I just want to say, Aaron Rodgers, I don't like much of what you do, but I'm going to give kudos for that. Sure. Game recognized game. game right? That's what they recognized say. Recognized game. Um, all right, let's speaking of game, let's head to our game preview. But before we do a quick word from our latest sponsor. Uh, this is a real one. We have no, not a sponsor this week. So uh, folks may have heard us talk last week about Preserved Homemade. It's a goods and provision store bringing you the tastes of home in the form of homemade treats. Their website just launched. Uh, great website, actually. Uh, and includes their first drop of goods, which include a lineup of staple cookies, seasonal cookies, cocktail cherries, and pre-ordering available for Thanksgiving slash Friendsgiving pies. 
You can check out, check out their Instagram page at preserved underscore homemade or head to their website at preserved-homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love some homemade goodness. Greg, I think we've had some of the chocolate chip cookies, right? Speak for yourself. Come on, bro. Come on. Be- Am I supposed to just play along when I've never had the chocolate chip cookies? Am I supposed to pretend? You know, when I work with Brandon Sands, I can speak from the heart because I've experienced it. I've I've been in the room. You know what? I'm going to get you some chocolate Not chip cookies. Actually. I've had the chocolate chip no, cookies. No, I don't want your handout chocolate chip preserved homemade cookies. They seem great. And I'm sure they're fantastic, but I'm not going to play along with this charade and tell the listeners that I've had something that I haven't. Great. Great. <laughs> Great. You were the worst. Do we, you're, do we still get paid this nope. week? You're going you're to need to cut all of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm not cutting it. It stays in. The whole Keep thing it. In. Keep it in. Anyway. Here's what I will say about Preserved Homemade. Yeah. Go to the website. Look around. You're going to find something that really appeals to you and you're going to be like, I should buy this thing. But then you're going to think to yourself, wait, everyone else around me has already had some preserved homemade and, uh, and they didn't, they, you know, they, I guess they bought it already. Like, what am I missing out on? And then you're going to do it. So I've got some, uh, some chocolate chip cookies in the mail. Not yet, but I will after this bit. They have a touch of sea salt, and that makes them delicious. They're chewy, soft, yeah, and blah, amazing. blah, blah. They're great. Uh, check them out. Preserved Homemade. That's Preserved underscore Homemade on Instagram. And again, their their website is preserved-homemade.com. Truly exceptional sort of home-style food. Check it out. Uh, Greg, after you pursue a career in advertising, uh, give me a yeah. game preview. <laughs> I mean, you know how many more, uh, how many more advertisers we're gonna have after they hear that bit for preserved homemade? Manscaped. I've never shaved my junk ever. <laughs> I don't even have a a man to escape. Um, all right, the Rutger. The Rutger. Do you, do you know the Rutger? Do you? This know is the your Rutger, man. The Rutger hometown man. team. Jonesy. Yeah, they're just around the corner. They're like. It seems like really you should be previewing the Rutger. You should just walk down there. You should sit down with Greg Schiano, and you should say, Gregory, what do we what do we expect here from the team? Um, I would do more of a sort of a Billy on the street thing where I would go up to random people on the Rutger campus and say, and just scream. say, are you are you a football player? And they would say no. And I'd say that tracks for Rutger. <laughs> <laughs> this would be one of our better bits. Um, all right. I want to say Important before thing. we get started, before we get started, I just want to call out Rutger for a second because I went on their website and they bragged, they bragged, bragged about letting their first full class of women in in 1972. Want to let you know, Michigan State had been doing that. 102 years earlier in 1870 and in 1972 Michigan State in fact was the number one school in the country in terms of number of women enrolled at a single campus so Rucker sit down you're not progressive you're the worst move on I mean that is true um Rutger football 
So what you're going to see if you're not occupying the Rutger football stadium uh, jacuzzis. Um, <laughs> Blackshear is out. Former running back Blackshear, kind of the the dude that you would watch for, uh, is out. But they do return to your starting quarterback, Arthur Sitowski. Uh, so maybe that's exciting. Maybe it's not because uh, Nebraska football. quarterback transfer. Yeah, that. That that is the caveat for this entire segment, um, but also Nebraska quarterback transfer Noah Verdal uh, or Vedral. Vedral. That sounds like a downer. Vedral. When you when Vedral is in the game, you just get that like really fast because it sounds like uh, like a, a pharmaceutical that you would like be told during the commercial breaks to consult your jersey is known for its pharmaceuticals so uh vertal vertal might be there (laughs) what basically what it boils down to is there are 30 new dudes on this are they dudes none of them are dudes there are maybe one or two dudes uh between recruits and transfers 30 new new guys is a lot of guys for a team so they're a little bit high on the running back role, even though uh, Blackshear is out, which I put down was a running back. But isn't he a wide receiver? I thought I thought he was a uh, I thought he was a guy in the um, he played for Virginia Tech or something in in basketball. That's, that's a basketball player. Raheem Blackshear, running back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was he was okay last year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they've got his backup, Isaiah Pacheco. He's, or Pacheco. I don't know how to pronounce any of these Rucker guys' names. It's like, why would you use the brain space on that? (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. That's about it. It does feel like uh, Greg Schiano went out and picked up anybody who would come to Rutger on the transfer portal last year to just sort of plug in for whatever their deficits were at the school. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, the story here is Shiano. It's like Shiano, 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 everything all the time. How often is it that a former head coach comes back to you? Yeah, how, no, let me ask you this. How often do you get dumped by somebody because they wanted to go and find a prettier girl and then that girl dumps them and you're like, yeah, okay, you can come back, buddy. It's probably what they what Minnesota should have done with Glenn Mason for a while. Um, I mean, it, it is it is so button. weird that Shiano was they're they're made for each other. Um, you have a here's you what, have a note here. Go ahead, go ahead. Here's what's important in all of this: if Rutgers wins, just be sad. <laughs> be sad about it. It shouldn't happen. I want to spend two more seconds on this game because let's let's I'm going to knock on wood, but let's assume Michigan state wins. Mm -hmm. That should tell you nothing right about what Michigan state has accomplished under Mel Tucker. Unless dot, 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 they score how many points Mm. that's, that's the question. And, and, uh, you feel free to combine it with hold Rutger too. I'm going to go f- put up 42 points or more 
And yep, that's when you start to get excited is after 42 points or you start to notice is after 42 points. Hold Rutger to 14 points. What do you think about that? I would agree, but let me ask if it's 35 zip. How you feeling then? I'm going to feel like Mark D'Antonio is back. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. So you're willing to, you're willing to let them score some points. I mean, we do have a lot of replacement happening on the defense, but the, the place you want to see is getting in the end zone faster and more often. The more points that you score, the more likely you are to win. Rucker is going to have, right? It, it, you have to give Rutgers the ball back after you score points. So they're going to have more possessions over the course of the game. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, so, all right, you heard it here first, 40, 42 plus, uh, and 14 for the Rutger. So that wasn't the question. You didn't tell you didn't ask me. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Is, is the place where you should feel happy about the game. Take notice at that point. Yeah. Uh, Raise an eyebrow. You might say. Um, all right. I, I, I like that. Um, so let's move uh, to the Twitter questions. Yeah, let's do that. The first one comes from uh, Nick Kamansky, and it's a nice bridge. This worked out well. Nick Kamansky asks, when did you first realizing realize your abiding hatred for Rutgers football? Well, Nick, it's funny you should ask this, because I would say two things. First of all, uh, Rutgers football in its current iteration, that is to say member of a Big Ten, um, I've never known hatred of it because I've never lost to them. So there's that. Um, that said, I believe, I believe our first game as Spartans was to Rutger under Greg Schiano. Oh. And it did Could and be. it did not go well. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> like much of the John L. era. Oh boy. Um, so I'm actually weirdly paranoid about this game because of the Shiana man being back. Um, how about you? How are you feeling? I'm not that worried about right. it. Great. Uh, next from Nick Kamansky. <laughs> next from Kaman- Kamansky is beating Rutgers will cause you to blank. Losing to Rutgers will cause you to blank. Losing, uh, beating Rutgers will cause me to go about my day normally. Yeah. And losing to Rutgers will cause me to go about my day slightly less normally than before. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll find some way of justifying it. Of course. Duh, Nick. Next up from Nick Kamansky. Uh, that's what teams do when they lose to Rutgers, right? Uh, what are three Can't things that you're looking for on offense in the Titanic matchup between MSU and Rutgers? What are things you're looking for on defense. We already did our game preview, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I, I would say, I think the places that we're, uh, the things that I'm looking for on offense are how many yards per carrier are we averaging? And, and, but more specifically, if when, if we're in a third down and short distance situation, are we consistently picking that up? I, I, I just, I know it's Rutger, but are we consistently getting the push to get the yardage that we need on defense? I mean, I don't, we don't know enough about how Shiano is going to run his offense. I know historically he likes the tight end. So that's going to probably tax our linebacker play a little bit more, but 
the the fact of the matter is um Shiano is being as secretive as Mel Tucker like Rutger also doesn't have a depth chart out so I I just I I think on defense I'm going to be curious more about our formation stand-up than anything else I think we'll largely be able to sort of plug and play with what what we've had in the the background so word yeah um next question from nick kamansky is someone dropped (laughs) someone dropped off grek's broken laptop in my house for repairs it appears i found a trove of emails in which grek professes his undying love for michigan football and jim harbaugh what should i do with these emails i would point out that these uh emails are in pdf format and lacking metadata and headers and those types of things. But what would you do? I mean, what would I do if I had these? I'd have a serious conversation about, is this some deep state plot for you to take over the podcast and ruin all MSU fandom? I would say that uh, Q is, has me as an insider in the Michigan locker room, and I'm just pretending to be a fan so that I can gain intel. Right. But and we can stop all of the all of the unsavory things happening in the Michigan football locker room. Well, Q and I. That oh my God. There's I don't like where that went. But all right. Moving on to the Epidec Jerk guy. What's Grooch drinking? It's more Bud. It's Bud Heavy over here. Thank you, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. It's very nice of you to ask. Uh Upper deck jerk guy asks Jonesy, uh, who will lead the Spartans in receiving yards this year? I've thought about this a lot. When I saw this tw- question come in, I'm going to say Trey Mosley. Trey. Yeah. I got Trey. I think he's going to get the most targets. I think it, he will, his, um, his average yards per reception is going to be lowest, but I think he will lead in yards. Hmm. So, or not lowest, but not highest anyway. Um, next up from the object jerk guy, what do you think will be the first play from scrimmage against the Rutger? Statue of Liberty play. <laughs> Is that really your answer? Yeah, I'm sticking with it. And if it's not, I don't know what I'll do. I'll be, I'll turn the game off. I won't watch. It is almost certainly going to be an inside zone for Eli Collins. Yeah, it's going to be something like that because we still have a football coach after all. Next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, is Jonesy rooting for his home team on Saturday? F you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you I'm rooting for absolutely my Michigan State Spartans. Bleed green, baby. Next up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, have you voted yet? We, I think I just about made my last decision. Uh... Maybe this isn't a problem for you, but for me, choosing judges is like, why am I doing this? Yes. Why am I the one? I don't know anything about these people. They all say the same thing. It's a real problem for a lot of people in the country. Uh, There are no judges on my ballot, um, but it is a real problem for a lot of people. Judges shouldn't be elected, folks. Uh, You don't want people dispensing justice who require the voters to decide what they do. Um, I have not voted yet. Um, but I will be shortly. So, um, and just as a reminder, I think we're going to do this again, uh, in Michigan. I don't think you can still apply for in a pretty hearty percentage of our audiences in Michigan. 
can't apply for uh, absentee ballot, but you can still apply to vote in person. That's still on the table and will be. Yep. Uh, so you can go to vote.org or whenweallvote.com uh, to check your registration status and register to vote. Um, CT and TC's up next. Favorite late night TV host? This is a great question. Cur- currently operating, I think it's got to be Conan. What about you? Yeah. So if we're talking people who are on every night of the week, um, or, you know, sort of the work week, I would agree mm-hmm. Conan, though I am. I mean, I like Seth and I like Steven, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. I, I want to give credit where credit's due. It probably goes. Conan, Steven, Seth, Jimmy is way at the bottom. Uh, Remember when Kimmel, was killing I'm sorry, Kimmel is higher than than Fallon. Fallon is at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but I will say I'm a big last week tonight person. So I don't know if that counts as a late night host, but um, John Oliver is my one B. Okay. So, I mean, but it's, it's Conan, right? Oh yeah, no, for sure. I listen to Conan's podcast. I, I enjoy Conan's show. Um, I, he'd be someone I'd be thrilled to meet. Yeah, no, it's Conan for sure. All right. Next up from CT and TC generally in non-conference games. Do you cheer for or against other big 10 teams? Um, generally. Yeah. Generally four. is a key word here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Generally is doing a lot of work on that, that sentence. If if you're referring to do I root for your team in other big in non-conference games? No, I do not. Next up from CT and TC. Uh, have you ever been to the chiropractor? I have not. Have you a chiropractor? I have. I didn't know that it was like pseudoscience until later than I should have known that it's not. As much pseudoscience, though, in the uh, judicial sphere, <laughs> it's their word is taken way too far. Um, yeah, I just it's a lot of I thought that it too. was like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to take things away from chiropractors, but like they are not MDs. This is not exactly a like fully based in science type of program that they do. It's um, MD, the president's physician isn't even an MD. Right. (laughs) You're right. He's not. You're right. We should take that knowledge and we should draw from it. MDs aren't that important (laughs) at all. Uh, I've not been to a chiropractor and and I do. I've actually lately been been having uh, back pain. And so I think maybe it's maybe I should check it out. Yeah. Do some research. first. Next up from CTNTC is do you believe in ghosts? Comma or spirits. I love the or spirits here. I got to give CT and TC credit for this. It's not fun to just ask people if they believe in ghosts, but to ask you if they believe in ghosts or spirits. Like, what's the big differentiator between those two things? I want to know what the work is that that comma is doing. Well, it's doing the comedy work. That's for sure. <laughs> like, maybe a ghost haunts things, but a spirit can be like anywhere. It, just like anything from beyond the grave is a spirit. Isn't it what a ghost causes has. you to speak in tongues? Yes, yeah, so it can be a holy spirit as well. Indeed. Um, 
and I've are you been in the room all that's allegedly happened. <laughs> so do but seriously, do you believe in ghosts? I think it's I think it's uh you know we're we're in October. We're almost to Halloween. Yeah, it's uh these are good spooky uh questions. Uh I uh I'm gonna call out all the ghosts here in this old house that I'm in right now, and I'm gonna say no. Prove it. Bring it. What do you guys got? I've never Apparently. personally had a ghost experience, but I've heard compelling stories from people that I trust. Apparently, there's a theory that the concept of ghosts in old houses come from old heating capabilities. And like they used to produce a lot of uh, carbon monoxide, which can cause people to hallucinate. And there's a theory that that is why people used to see ghosts all more frequently or thought they saw ghosts. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true. I don't even know if it's actually a theory. It's something that someone told me, and now I'm saying it to this audience. So this is now the Joe Rogan experience. Next up from John Hubbard. Last week, Jonesy opened the door on a nightmare alternate dimension by naming coach Joel Ferguson. John Hubbard likes to call us out when we misspeak, and it's fantastic. What are some of the highlights of the Ferguson era, and what notable wins did he get? How long did his tenure last? I was really hoping that this wasn't some really drunken thing that I said that uh, I went on for a long while about. I hope that didn't happen, and I just merely misspoke. But either way, um, apologies, John. Uh, In the Joel Ferguson uh, era... He uh, successfully sold Spartan Stadium and got MSU to build a new one off campus uh, that he uh, financed. I, I have nothing nice to say about Joel Ferguson. So um, any joke about Joel and his accomplishments would be a discredit to people, for to a lot of people. Next up from John Hubbard, as a coastal elite, does Jonesy have a monocle or pins? I don't even know what this is because I'm not a coastal. So uh, I Googled the pronunciation because I I actually I don't know how to pronounce it. I know what he's talking about, though. It's the um, it's it's glasses that don't have uh, the the piece that goes behind your ear. Ah, and it just it pinches on your nose, which I believe the morpheus or whatever is is some version of pinch on the nose. Um, And uh, John. Great question. My eyesight is terrible, so I need both eyes to be in action. So it's pinch on the nose for me all day, every day. And uh, you're welcome from the coast. Um, do you want to ask this next question? Of <laughs> uh, I don't actually even, again, do you know what this is in reference to? I'm sorry if you're leaving you out last week, Plum. Will you ever forgive me? I think uh, John last week also asked specific questions of people and didn't include Plum. Um, And then he had another follow-up question for Plum here that we'll hopefully remember to do next week. But I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to answer for Plum here. And we'll see. We'll we'll check my rightness. On follow-up, Plum, would you say Coney Chili is more like Hormel or Campbell's tomato soup with burnt hamburger crumbles stirred in? I think Plum's going to say Hormel. I, th- I yeah, think that's the answer. And I don't like the tone here, John Hubbard. Agree. I don't appreciate what you're trying to say here. 
Uh, next up is Dan Hellpepper, who I don't know if this is straight up trolling the Upper Deck Jerk guy, but I enjoy the question nonetheless. Building off of what was uh, what was said earlier with the Upper Deck Jerk guy, if you took uh, you took Trey Mosley, right? For yes, for most yeah. So Dan Pelper, Dan Hellpepper asks, who will be the second leading receiver this year? So let's go, Jaden Reed. He's getting all that heat. He's getting the heat. Good to see you back, Dan. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, next up, Vodka Soda 19. What, <laughs> what do you think the best name for my unborn child is? Alex, Michael, or Grooch? If it's not Grooch, you're a terrible mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up from Vodka Soda 19. What cover of a song, in your opinion, is better than the original? Cannot choose Whitney. Oh, well, so this is my male privilege i guess you um, i think most guys would go with watchtower right i i was actually gonna say literally any bob dylan song that's been covered by anybody oh rough did you ever do a bob dylan phase in college no because even even when i was past dave matthews as being like dave matthews all along the watchtower is better than bob dylan's all along the watchtower all along the watchtower. That's actually not a bad, uh, though that could be Ringo just as easily. <laughs> yeah, but how often do we hear Ringo? Uh, I, uh, hey, I would do the Dylan phase. Yeah, because when you're when you're in college, you're like, I gotta do the Dylan phase. I gotta do, do you? the phase. I gotta do. I gotta do the Velvet Underground. The screaming, phase. I gotta the do, screaming trees. Gotta do the screaming trees phase. I did that for sure. Um, Velvet Underground's not it's better. All right. Yeah, but have you listened to it since you graduated from I, I would say that Velvet Underground covers are better than the Velvet Underground. Okay. No, I, I'm I'm not disagreeing. Anyway, uh I'm no, I'm not I'm not either. I just don't know how I'm just saying if you put them against Bob Dylan, I would still say Velvet Underground better. There's a uh on the impact, because we're on this topic, they're We've playing right now a cover of Nirvana's Heart Shaped Box, Ooh. which is fine it's the okay. cover is fine yeah it's okay right. yeah uh next up from vodka soda 19 <laughs> apparently we've transitioned from not a politics podcast to not a music podcast uh if you were playing euchre and had to pick one of your two co-hosts whom would you choose and why go ahead go ahead michael <sighs> that's interesting do you know how to play euchre yeah and you have to assume Plum also knows. Oh, yeah. Plum. No, I know. And see, the thing is, is that I think Plum is probably petty in a way that I really appreciate. Go ahead. Say what you want to say. <sighs> I yeah. Honestly, I would sit the game out so that my two co-hosts could play. You know what I would do? I would put the two of you on the same team, and I'm going alone. Oh! <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. That can't read, can't write. Media company is defunct. Uh, <laughs> Next up from Vodka Center nineteen, what is your go to a drunk Taco Bell order? So Taco Bell recently it changed their menu, which has put me in a bit of a pickle. But I've lately been into the uh, Grande Stacker with sour cream and chipotle, creamy chipotle sauce, and uh, the grilled cheese burrito. How about you? 
pickles, notably not on the menu at Taco Bell. I don't order very much Taco Bell, so I'm going to go with a soft taco or five. Oh, my God. You're the worst. All right. What is your favorite drunken story about either of your co-hosts from back in the college days? Go first. Uh, about you? It's at either. So it can be uh, it can be plum. There's I I know exactly what it is about plum, but it, it we would be we need to censor it into a uh, yeah into an explicit rating. Um, so with uh, with you, I I don't know. I mean, is this as close as we'll get to the Phil Clark story? Yeah, I but that wasn't about you being drunk. Well, we were both drunken at the moment. And we've already... It's just about an evening with beers around. We've shared my um, fireworks story, which was definitely drunken. Mm-hmm. So, you got anything? I'm trying to, like, if it's not one of those, what is it? I don't know. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Go for it. You mean when you occupied my bed? Yeah, yes. that's the one. <laughs> and then when you woke me up, I was just like, oh, hi, there you are. And then I went back to my bed. You had to be. No, you didn't go back to your bed. I had to sleep on the floor outside because I said, what do you do? And you said, I'm just sleeping in your bed. Just keep it warm. (laughs) So for those who who don't know the full story, I got up briefly from my bed, came back to Kevin Greck in my bed, refusing to leave out of pure drunken bliss. On a big opportunity, my man. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, number one. Three questions. Number one. Saban and team used up over 240 COVID tests in just two, in just the last two days. Some common folk, aka medical caregivers, are still waiting three days for results. At what point of using up time and resources does football as entertainment not make sense? Oh boy. Mama Maple Leaf. I just want to say thank you first for numbering your questions. Of course, always. Uh and then and then adding on multiple numbers to your tool to your question. Um I look, you raise a fair point, and I think we as a podcast, or at least I as a podcaster, mm-hmm. have said if the problem is that they're taking tests away. So if the question is, are they clogging up the testing facilities? Like, are they paying essentially for priority shipping on their test results such that the common folk are having to wait longer? I'm interested in that story. I just haven't been told it yet. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I That's exactly what came to mind to me is like, I there has not been like a big expose type story. And I think there would be. I, I, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just... I'm genuinely saying if please, please send us the links because it would change a lot of my opinions. Really? I, 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 I get why it's a complicated point in con- a piece of contention. We debated it on a podcast and I think we're all kind of in the same space though. I will, I will say firmly, this is a college sports podcast. We're going to enjoy it as entertainment for the sake of the podcast but you raise valid points if 
if you can tell me that they're taking away from other people, right? I'm not wrong on that, correct? Right. Okay. I mean, we've totally sold out for that preserved homemade slash guaranteed rate money <laughs> at this point. So we're, we're near believe- quitting our jobs. Yeah, you. Uh, I appreciate that you're numbering the questions, but it, at this point, you know we're bought and paid for. Um, it's. I, I mean, I, I think what we ended up with when we discussed this over several weeks, and it, it's a pressing matter, and it's something that we shouldn't just move by out of convenience. Is that uh, is this probably the most just allocation of resources? <laughs> it, no, but but just in and. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like just isn't the metric for mm-hmm. allocation of resources in the economic setup we have in this country, let alone yeah. the setup that we've had for a response to a pandemic in this country. Right. Uh, I'm not, it's not fitting my morality, but it is what it is. And I'm not going to boycott college football for this podcast. <laughs> And also in the list of things that I could potentially change about the national response to COVID-19, this would not even be in my top five. Indeed, things that I'm outraged by. It's not even close to my top five. But then again, that's also just a product of how unbelievably horribly the United States has has responded to this crisis. Indeed, indeed. Um, but fair point. And I, you know, you brought numbers that I didn't know and, um, and, and send us some links. Yeah. Send us some links. And the, the two forty is an alarming number. And I appreciate that it was in number one of your questions. So, uh, so let's move on to number two yes. from Mama Uh, go ahead. Wigginton, Vandemark, Wigginton and Vandemark committed to MSU with a still possible third New Jersey perspective. Prospect, right? Prospect is what Intended, you want here. Yeah. What is your? Uh, I've got to like reread this. All right, uh, you want All to right. get it? Wigginton and Vandemark committed to MSU with a possible third New Jersey prospect. What is your philosophy yeah. on high school athletes' loyalty to local colleges and coaches' approach gotcha. to recruiting and and coaches's? Re- okay, yeah, I even got derailed. And the coaches' approach to recruiting in those areas. So this is a great question, especially when you consider that in New Jersey, Rutgers hired the coach from the prep school that both of those guys came from. And actually, we're so on a you're... fourth possible New Jersey prospect because we have three New Jersey recruits already. We also have Estime. Yeah. Uh, my situation here is that they're, I mean, if there is any kind of loyalty of the student athletes to their local colleges and coaches then it should be out of convenience or because they actually want it. I don't think there's anything that should say or does say, if you're from New Jersey, you got to play for Rutgers. If you're from Michigan, you got to play for MSU. Right. I mean, we lost Andrew Anthony, right? Like who was in our backyard in East Lansing. And, you know, uh, I I would genuinely love to know why he committed to U of M. But I don't think... Brandon Johns, same thing. Right. But I don't begrudge either of them that you know good for you i'm 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 happy for you i hope you went to a school that i i i don't hope good things for your career there i mean like it's it's part of the rivalry but like i don't begrudge you or issue ill will um you know i just happen to hope that your school loses every single game 
so, you know, it, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that Rutgers doesn't have a great history and it's in a talent rich state for, particularly for how small it is. Right. So I, I don't think you should be holding to a, a school that <laughs> barely has a state brand, let alone a national one. I mean, Rutgers, mm-hmm. Rutgers married up into the big 10, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they brought us that New York market. No, I, no. huge. <laughs> the Big Ten got. I, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time. I think partly being here in New Jersey, but also seeing what Nebraska is, being too terrible to Rutgers. Rutgers knows who they are, and they are a better academic institution by a lot than Nebraska. <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, you know. I would if if, yeah. if you had to kick a school out, it's Nebraska for me. Mm. Anyway, you know what it is for me? Who? Maryland. Who's who's a turtle? Yep. Who's a turtle? And who's a turtle? As your who's map. a turtle that that tries to put a fancy name on it? Oh, just be a turtle, dude. <laughs> what, don't try to church it up. Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, number three, the original ceramics party statue was located, was relocated to inside the stadium in 2005. If you were to relocate the Sparty statue to a room in your home, what room would it be? Mama Maple Leaf, honestly, you saved the best for number three. And this is a great, this is a great question because I want to let you know that Sparty statue would be as adjacent to a door into my home as it could be such that people had to step around and it's sort of a, a mode of deference, if you will, to Sparty that it, it is awkward to the point that they're pinned against a wall having to avoid Sparty because he is that dominant of a figure on entrance mm-hmm. to my home. That's my answer. Yeah. If you've ever been in Cowell's house on the campus of Michigan State University, there used to be, there's not any more, and I'm sorry if this is breaking sour news to some of our listenership, but Cowell's house has been renovated and this is no longer the case. There used to be a tree that grew up in the middle of one of the rooms and it was in a glass enclosed case and it just dominated that room. And that is what the Sparty statue would be to me. It would be the Spartan would just be standing there. He'd be in a glass case and he would go through the entire house. And that's how I would design it. I Alternate answer for me, though, is just looking over my son's crib. Uh, the protector. All right. Next up is Raymond Chains. Uh, great first question. Will Tucker feel the rivalry we the way we do? And of course, uh, the rivalry is not to the Rutger. It is to the University of Michigan. And to the Indiana forks down. Uh, I think probably the answer is no, right? Because he's not from here. He doesn't. Well, I he, guess, he, he, you know, he was a grad assistant. Yeah. And and I was thinking back to Coach D'Antonio. I don't think he mm-hmm. was as fired up in the same way his first effort yeah and and you look at like tom izzo and i mean i know it's more subdued with izzo but you know he hates losing to michigan oh oh yeah it's there but he's from michigan like he's he lived his whole life here he he knows 
My question off of this question, which is still Raymond really good is, will he embrace the rivalry in the way that we do? And I think he will. That's my bet. Although he's kind of a chill dude. So I don't think it's going to be quite as harsh, but I think he will embrace the rivalry because it was a big mistake of John L not to, um, and you're going to get more from the fan base if you lean into those types of things. And he's a smart guy. He'll figure that out. Next up from Raymond Chains. What's the best part of being podcast superstars? The fame? The drugs? The women? The money? All of the above. But especially the drugs. Obviously the drugs. I mean, you're not going to answer any of the other ones, right? Bud heavy, baby. That's code for heroin. Extra bud. Extra bud for me, please. Uh, oh, what? You just postponed an episode of the D'Antonio show? Oh, was this a uh, was this a comment to something else that I brought in here as a Twitter question like an idiot? Dumb. Now, next up for Raymond Chains. This week on the D'Antonio show, in order to further protect the state of Michigan from Wolverine militias, the coach... And other former MSU players from the Spartans Motorcycle Club, Spartans MC, to give back to Spartan Nation, Coach D decides to be a guest on a struggling podcast. It's here. It's here. Uh, we're not struggling, Raymond. Uh, um, I like how he builds us up with uh, podcast superstars, and then he tears us down with struggling podcasts. We should have had the D'Antonio board ready. Um <laughs> Hi, Kevin, Mike. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. Go green. <laughs> we need to tweet that back out. It's been too long since the D'Antonio board. Yes, it has. Uh, and, and we have more listeners now, so we should treat, tweet it back out. Um, but the... Um, honestly, I think at this point in time, I saw Coach D on the, the anniversary episode for Trouble with a Snap. Um, uh, or it was the, what was that rivalry, uh, show that the big 10 network put out between Michigan, Michigan state. No oh yeah. I watched it one time. Yeah. Before. Well, anyway, they, they had, they had a clip of D'Antonio saying, I was surprised as anyone that that happened. And it was the first like real smile that I'd seen from D'Antonio. Like there was real joy on his face. And so I think Mark D'Antonio is living that life right now. I want, I think he's on the podcast. Let's bring him up. Yeah. Let's bring him up next week. All right. Next up. Sorry, like Tom looking at other conferences. It's clear that there will be canceled games. What game do you hope gets passed over? Oh Michigan, Ohio Michigan, state. Ohio. <laughs> yes. Uh, although the Michigan fan base would be like, we were going to win. We were going to win that one. Um, I mean, it would be nice if like something like our game with Ohio State got passed over. Wouldn't hurt. You know? Wouldn't hurt. Maybe we try to have COVID that week. That might benefit us in the long run. So uh, that'd be fine by me. Uh, next up from sort of like Tom Jonesy, where were you when uh, there was trouble with the snap? I believe. I believe. I was at a bar in Philadelphia called Tavern on Broad, uh, mm. where I was underground and politely asked to be less loud. 
Jonesy, uh, for the listening audience, Jonesy was a true bar fly at a bar in Philadelphia for a while. Uh, multiple bars. Like an actual bar fly. Person. It was great. That's, that's real. I drank for free. It was fantastic. Uh, next up from Story Like Tom, Jonesy. Last week, you made an offhand comment about the number of Michelin-starred restaurants in Michigan slash the Midwest compared to the coasts. Defend Michelin as an arbiter for quality dining instead of the outdated, elitist, and Eurocentric model uh, metric. Rather, not model. It actually is. Um, well, is this because Michelin is French? Yeah. Is so, first of all, sorry, like Tom, if you would like me to say instead New York Times stars, I'm happy to. And if that somehow makes me a global coastal elitist, I, I, I guess. But like, I know. I know you value the New York times. So like, what do you want from me? <laughs> what do you, <laughs> do you want TripAdvisor as the arbiter of good? Yelp. Like how low of a denominator is it? M live is M live. Your arbiter of good. Like really? So I don't know. Tell me, tell me. And, and if it's your lived experience, then sure. You know what? You're right. We can all look at a statue from a different perspective and we all have a different perspective on the statue and it's our own individual truths. Fine. But you know what? Collectively, enough people who know things say coasts are better. <laughs> Greg, next up, may not next care up about food, but I sure do. Uh, oh, wait, this is a continuing thing. The whole flyover state is infuriating. It puts USC and culture's and a hierarchy against each other, which is pretty gross. Extra gross when it's supposedly liberal people espousing those views. You know what? You're right, you Wisconsin mouth-breathing dweller. I will double down. <laughs> you live in a state wherein somehow you have a governor who got elected, who voted to put public health safety measures into place, and yet was struck down by the Supreme Court the will of the people. I, I'm deeply confused on what you're standing up for here. Stand up for the coast. They're better. Yeah. Go to a Michigan, uh, Michelin starred, you know, cheese curd stand or something. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, what, right, what's the little, what's the cheese based theme park in, in Wisconsin? The Dells. Yes. The Dells. You're right. The Dells of cheese. Notable. The Dells. You know what the nearest thing to the Dells is in California? The Coppola Winery. <laughs> Which one sounds better to you? <laughs> Look, here, sorry, like Tom, I want to point out, and I think this is important, that I started down a path wherein I said that Michigan people just overinflate their sense of self. I never said for the record that Michigan is bad. But now you've made me double down, triple down. And here's the thing. I should have known that speaking to a group of Spartans, that you guys would get aggrieved about the slightest insult. <laughs> because you know what? It's the Spartan way. I get it. I understand. And I want to say, I'm sorry to everyone that you didn't have a sense of humor about your state being not as good as California. Garbage. God. Uh, Let's move on. Next up. Elon Bloom. Elon Bloom. Uh, who will the punter be? Who will the punt returner be? Pardon me. 
Or did Sowards get another yes. year of eligibility? <laughs> yes, another year. We kind of covered this. The the ghost or the spirit of Sowards will be returning uh, <laughs> kicks this year. Just just uh, waving the hand to say fair catch. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, at the two-line. Two-yard line. The ball goes right through him. Uh, is the lawyer going to be the point guard? We kind of talked about both of these, unfortunately. Izzo seemed impressed with him when he became a captain, and the position usually takes three years to bloom. Uh, so I actually, I think maybe we can take this in a, uh, a different direction because sure we did cover the point guard thing, but he raises a valid point that, you know, mm-hmm. Cassius probably should have gotten more runway as freshman year and, and, uh, and certainly as sophomore yeah, year. Yeah, no, like, I was going to, I was going to double down like, yeah. Wasn't he shooting like 47% from three or something crazy like that? It, it was uh, his sophomore yes, year. Yes, it was a great number and he had no leash. so. The point being, do you think it's possible that Lawyer maybe makes strides to be someone who can, if if nothing else, spell for 10, 12 minutes a game? I don't think anyone doubts that Lawyer can run the offense. I, I think there might be some concern about his ball handling capabilities against good defensive guards. The question is, what do you do with him on the other side of the ball? And lawyers given us no indication that he can help us with that so far. And it just happens to be the side of the ball ball that Izzo cares about or seems to care about more. So we'll see. You know, he's a captain. Uh, That means something. Uh, And, you know, Rocket can't play the point guard position 40 minutes. So he's going to get time. We're going to see. Yeah, I mean, he'll shift over, if nothing else, to the two spot. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, Finally, from Elon Bloom, is Aaron Henry gone after this year? Um, yeah. That's a highly probable for me, my man. I'm going to give that like a 85% likelihood, 90% likelihood. Guy doesn't go that far and then not go that I mean, he he waited until literally the last second to come back out. Like, yes, he's absolutely gone. And there was overwhelming evidence to suggest that he should have already come back, but he stayed. So uh, I think he's out after this one. Yes. Um, And before we go, uh, we do want to have a quick message on voting from a special guest. So um, here you go. Our favorite late night host, Conan. And unlike Jim Harbaugh, voting costs nothing. It's very effective and it lives up to the hype. And thank you, Conan. Everyone <laughs> register to vote. Vote.org. When we all vote.com. Check your registration status. Register to vote there. Greg, <laughs> I can't believe. The next time we record a podcast, we will have a football game to have talked about. Uh, I can't believe that I'm considering whether or not I'm going to cut what you just did and redub it with an actual recording of Conan O'Brien rather than what sounded like you had a Conan O'Brien stuffed doll that you pulled (laughs) the back string on (laughs) and held up to the microphone crudely, which then slightly repeated a little bit because you didn't turn it off in time 
And let's leave it the way it is. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, uh, Jonesy, it's going to be exciting. Go green. Go white. <laughs>